This is Running Life and Stuff, the podcast, proving that life is for squeezing. Here's your host, Craig Allen. Hello, well that's me. Welcome back to Running Life and Stuff. Well, we're back again for the second episode. and I'm, I'm going to get your name right. Hi, Anna. How are you? That was that right? That was right, you see. There was that missed out on the first episode. I actually got Anna's name wrong, but... That's forgiven. Do you know what? Though? I'd be happy for you to call me Gary because Gary, <laughs> Gary genuinely, Gary's a name that's going out of fashion. Yeah. All so right. if you want to call me Gaz or Anna, I'm happy for either. Do you know why that's a bit weird? Because my one of my best pals is called Gary. Okay, let's just <laughs> stick, let's just stick let's just stick to the regular. This pod's running life and stuff. The first episode we talked about running, so let's talk about life. Let's talk about dating. And I know a few people asked me. They said, Perfume nappy bags, pseudocreme, Vaseline and baby wipes and dating. What type of date is that? And I know you're intrigued about this as well. This is the funny thing, right? So all of those things, you might be forgiven for thinking that you've opened up a baby bag of some kind which essentially is what it is <laughs> but actually they are essentials for your dating and your love life right now because not only <laughs> do you run between meetings which is honorable to be honest because you fit in running whenever you can but you also fit in running when you're going on dates uh, absolutely when i first started dating i came out of marriage first started dating it was like right well i need to meet new people and I need to go on dates, but I also need to train. It's probably why I didn't have much success in dating in my early years, because I learned running to a date is probably not the best thing to do. And getting changed in the car park with baby wipes and getting ready for a date is probably not the best thing to do, especially when you've not met anybody. See, I met you for the first time on the first pod and I got your name wrong. Thank goodness you haven't got the baby wipes out, though. So <laughs> what happens is you go on a date it's part of your day but you're like i'm serious about running i need to fit in my miles so you go for a run yes yeah, so not just before a date though and give you an hour and hours like grace to have a shower no literally i was like right i need to go on this date let's do it so i was like right if i get there early and we've all done this well i don't know if we've all gone on a date and gone for a run before no i've never done that <laughs> <laughs> but we've all done this where we've gone literally we've gone right we're going out but we need to train yeah, that was that. Yeah, yeah we've, fair. Got, we've got go to get to the them. gym first, yeah. get a pump on, then go. Sure, yeah, sure. But there comes a time where you're like, well, I'm really short on time. So I had this great idea. So we'll go to where I'm going on a date. We'll train from there. I'll get back and we'll get changed in the car park with some baby wipes and sort myself out. That is normal. Wait, Craig, it's not normal. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's not. Let's just, let's just take a rewind there because I'm shaking my head and I know it's a podcast and you can't see me doing that. But having a baby wipe shower before a first date, before any date, is not normal. And in my opinion, I'm not sure it's okay. Tell us more about it, though. So we're Convince us that it is all right. Well, I look great. I smell great. <laughs> <laughs> I still have nice smells and, you know, I look fine. You smell of Johnson's. Yeah, cool. I smell, smell of Johnson's. I had a bit of nice uh, Joe Malone on after to mask the baby, you know. I had a nice run, got back, and I was like, brilliant. I've got 20 minutes spare. Let's get 10 minutes, whatever it was. So I was there, <laughs> baby wipes in hand, all the rest of it, and yes, the date arrived early. And? <laughs> in my pants. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is the first time she's laid eyes on you yeah. in real life. First time. So the first image of her seeing you is you're in a car park. In a pub car park. In your pants. In my pants. Giving yourself a little rub down with a baby wipe. 
Yeah. Sure. Okay. So, tell me about her reaction, and what was the conversation there on in? <laughs> it was like, well, well, we didn't go on a second date. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the first what date was. What did she was, say though? Like, she's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I've had to fit my training in. I'm getting ready." But do you know what? It broke the ice for the first date. So that's. It broke the ice, but there wasn't a second date. There wasn't a second date. Yeah, but it broke the ice. And if she'd been like five minutes later, nobody would have known. Okay, so she caught you out on that one because she arrived early. She arrived and early. And then you, so you went on to have your meal. Yeah. And how was the conversation like after that? Did she? Because she must have known that you were pretty into running by this point. She knew more about my running than I did, which worried me even more, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, the conversation slowly went downhill. Dwindled. It dwindled. From that point forwards. Yeah. Do you find like, I suppose, starting new relationships, when it comes to a commitment to running, there's, there is that commitment. Do you let your dates know sort of from the earliest opportunity, from the get-go, that that is a part of your life and that's how it's going to stay? I've always found that you've got to be honest, yeah? Because you can't mask the fact that I do run, I race, etc. And what I always say is that I always try and build my running into what we're doing so if we're going out i'll try and either train before or after or run where you are or, or wherever so we try and build it in it is hard because ultimately you want to keep training and you know those that are racing or, or want to exercise or enjoy exercising you know in your mind you've got to fit it in but you're also knowing your mind that you want to build a great relationship with somebody and you've got your family or family commitments etc so that is uber difficult because you, you've i'm very conscious of it all the time all the time has it been sort of problematic it, it does become problematic because all of a sudden you're like i've got to go out on this three hour run and it's all well we want to go shopping or we want to do this or we want to do that so all i try and do is build my long runs in into my week so i'm like right okay when can i do my long run so it might be in the past i've like right i need to do a three hour run the only way I can do it is by getting up at 4am in the morning and run three hours. Seven o'clock, get home, have my shower, we're ready for the day. Sorted. Or if you can't fit it in early in the morning, it might be, right, well, I'll go out at night and do it. So I might, whenever he's gone to bed, nine, ten o'clock at night, go out and do three, four hours. Or it might be you can squeeze it in. So if you're going on a journey somewhere, so I did this recently, to be fair, it was like, right, I know I'm going away for the weekend. Where can I run on my way? <laughs> so, so where did you go where did so, you stop so off? literally i stopped in macclesfield so it was like right there's a canal in macclesfield i know i need to do an hour's tempo session in so i stopped next to the canal did my session got there had a great weekend didn't need to train again so it, it was literally built in i always think you've got to be honest about it and ultimately sometimes you have to compromise and sometimes you don't and i think sometimes when people become in that habit of exercising racing Doing whatever you do from CrossFit, HydroFit, or just going to the gym, we're always conscious we've got the family there. But I always say, after I've exercised or anything, my mind's healthy and I'm a better person. Mm. If I don't train, I become, well, a lot of people say I'm probably grumpy most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably why I train a lot more. And also you find some people are body conscious, they're always conscious. If you're exercising more and they're not, it makes them feel more conscious about it. And Mm. I'm also very mindful of that as well. Again, recently, sometimes where... You know, you're either a date or you work with family and they want to do something they want to do. So my compromise is, okay, well, well, I'll come with you. You go do what you want to do and I'll go for a run. So 
recently. I was getting changed in the city centre in a multi-storey car park. There's all these Sunday shoppers there coming back with their sh- bags and having a good old natter. And here's me again with my baby wipes getting ready and off I'm out on a, on a run for two or three hours or whatever it was. And then you come back, get changed in the car and, hi, oh, you all right? You, yeah, you've enjoyed yourself. You've done what you've done too. I've trained. Nice Sunday afternoon together, sorted. Do you ever, when you're sort of dating or when you're looking at someone's profile to date, um, you know, if you do the whole online thing, do you look for people who are into running? Do you think that would be a good fit for you because you could go running together or would, or is it something that you like to sort of keep for yourself? Yeah. I get asked this all the time and friends of mine or people I know ask me, why don't you just date somebody that's an ultra runner or a marathon runner or this? That would be my worst nightmare because they might want to go training and I want to go training. They might want to do what they want. To. And it, all of a sudden, it, your relationship, it, I believe, would become so competitive. And it's like, well, I want to go and run three hours. Well, I want to go and run two before you. No. And I, and I think I prefer it that way. I prefer it because it helps you recover as well. Because if you're dating somebody that is uber competitive and racing, then you both could be at recovery times at different points. For me, it might work for a lot of people, but for me, it's, I prefer to keep it separate. I wonder if it's like similar. My partner is a teacher and he was like, I couldn't date another teacher because it'd be really yeah. boring because all you do is talk about teaching. But I suppose conversely, it means that you can have half terms together and you can you can sync your, your training or your work life together. I'm interested to know as well. So if you date someone who isn't a runner, the more you get to know that person and the more you sort of fall for that person if that's sort of the way that the relationship's going do you feel like they want more of your time and does that become hard or is it because you're so open from the get-go it's just an understanding it's out there and it's manageable i find that it does become harder because i think as you get to spend more time with somebody you want to spend more time with them <laughs> Yeah. And we all we all live. Like, and, hopefully that's the way it goes, right? No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we've all got busy lives. We all, you know, it's like you know, someone I spoke to a couple of weeks ago. I said, I want to start running a marathon. What do I do? You know, I've got my children at home. I've got this, and like we we've been talking about on the pod and stuff. I'm like, well, you have to compromise. There's things you have to give or take, and it and it does get harder because as you get further into a relationship, you want to spend more time with them. You want to go on exciting breaks. You want to do all those things. And it becomes hard. And it's something I am very conscious of because, you know, starting out again at my age and deciding to change things, you realise that you have to compromise. Mm-hmm. You have to understand. But also there has to be two-way street with it as well. And it's something that makes, in my opinion, a great relationship because, you know, I'm not on the pod at the minute to give relationship advice because <laughs> I haven't got the best track record, I'm going to be honest. But... <laughs> You've got to communicate and, and checking in and, and communicating in that way is the way forward. And if you don't communicate, no checking. You know, I, I know friends that exercise more than me and they try and keep it under the carpet. What, like secret secret <laughs> exercise, secret gym sessions, yeah, well, that they, kind of thing? They tell they go to the gym or exercise, but they don't tell them how much mm. <laughs> or how long. So all of a sudden it's like I've got this race and, you know, they've gone for two, three, four hours, etc. And that... The downtime, like after I did Race Across Scotland, I went on, on holiday with my partner. We had an absolutely amazing time. I still trained while I was away, but I was conscious of when I did it and how long I was gone for. And even though I was in recovery mode, and I think the communication bit does work, but sometimes you do get in that mindset. So four, five, six weeks out of a race, I'm, I'm very honest. I say, look, 
I'm in the focus zone now. It's this is this is you know I've got to eat right, I've got to look after myself. I've got to rest. I've got to make sure I'm not travelling, and I'm very clear on that. Whereas, you know, some people aren't, and I've found that works best. But I said a moment ago, if my mind, if I'm active and I've got a great mind and my mind's healthy, then I'm a great person. But you know. And that's, I think that's a lot of the same for a lot of people, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think most people can identify with that, that if you're able to tape off a bit of time for whatever your indulgence or hobby is, it makes you feel better and ultimately it makes you happy. And if you're happy, then you're just a nicer version of yourself, which is wicked. Do you think it's sometimes hard to get the balance between sort of sacrifice and compromise is that something that you are conscious of and you work towards when you're in a relationship yeah because when you are training you do sacrifice a lot of your own i call it the good stuff but i as i said in in the first pod an ultra marathon there's one long buffet so i train to eat train to have a a good time as i say but I, i train to compete as well there is for me there is a lot of either compromise or sacrifice you know because sometimes you might want to go out on a two, three day bender or whatever, whoever, you know, whatever your guilty pleasure is or your guilty fix is. But sometimes you can't do that. And that is the compromise with it. After Race Across Scotland, you know, I, I went out to Ibiza. I had an amazing time, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was a great time. But part of she was like, I've never, you know, I've never been to an, an all night night out in a nightclub. I was like, let's go. So off we went. We went to High Night Club, saved it. Saw David Goetta till, you know, I think we'd, you went out at 11 at night, we got rolled in at 8 o'clock in the morning, but I was wired, I was like, let's just keep going, it's like, no, let's go to bed, let's rest, I'm like, no, we need to keep going, but that's the compromise for it, it's like now I'm in that, I'm getting in that zone now, ready to start racing again, so I'm in that zone of watching what I'm eating, am I getting the right rest, am I looking after myself, and, and I'm starting to get really focused to it, because I know this is the first race, big race back after... You know, I got injured in August, so I don't know how my body's going to go. I don't know if my body's going to handle 50 miles because I've not been in that set regimented training regime that I would do to prepare for the ultra. So this is kind of a bit of a test case back. And yeah, and you know what? I'm uber nervous. It's great because it's like it's my first race again because I've missed it. I've done two half marathons since, you know, since the big race in August and we'd spent a year training for that. So it's kind of like, I'm like, this is just great. I'm so looking forward to just faffing about with my kit and doing this and doing that. And I'm off again on that cycle. There's also that bit of, you know, I wish my partner was coming with me to support me in the race and all the rest. But I know I've got to go and do that. And we talked about this on the, on the first pod. It's the first time, yeah, I'm meeting my friends who live out there and I'm racing with them as well. But I'm going on my own. It's, you know, I've got books my partner that is like just a great sense of adventure i'm like let's go let's do it let's see what happens how does that feel when you're training and you're getting ready for a race (laughs) obviously you've got that sort of nervous excitement that build-up but then you know that you're in like a lovely relationship as well where they're going to be by your side supporting you they're your biggest cheerleader like does that make racing different for you because you, you want to make yourself proud is there an element you're like you want to make them proud as well absolutely there is you want to make them proudly because they're with you more so as well for my parents because my parents have <laughs> blessed them if they're listening to this and i'm sure they are i'm so appreciative of them and i know all the races i've pretty much done the big mountain they've been there they've stayed up all night they've been there they've picked me up they've fastened my shoes but even when i was doing half marathon marathons and it's great now with parties 
she loves being there as well. I mean, the race I just did there. She drove seven hours, you know, return journey just to see me for 20 minutes. Why? But that was like... That's like something out of the Beckham Netflix. (laughs) David Beckham flew in to see Victoria and he got told off by Sir Alex Ferguson for seeing her for 20 minutes before a massive game and she's done that for you. Yeah, I didn't know. But that was the biggest motivation ever. I was like, whoa, whoa. I was like, this is real. This is serious. (laughs) You know, and it was like, but that kept me going. You know, I didn't know, you know, literally I was there for 20 minutes, you know, three and a half hour journey up, three and a half hours, you know, seven hours in the car. That's the motivation that keeps you going. And sometimes when you're doing these big races, the familiar face keeps you going. That hug or that you're doing good or it just keeps you going. And it's uh, even when you're training, the chips are down, it keeps you going. Well, I suppose like you've mentioned previously that you sometimes run with one of your mates but I guess there are times as well where you're running in complete isolation. Does that support for you mean just as much now as it did when you started out? It means more to me now because I appreciate it a lot more because I've progressed and the events are getting tougher and I keep pushing that boundary and pushing that envelope. The support is, is so important and I appreciate that support even more because probably in the past I've not realised how much that's they've given up you know, and uh, those that are listening to pod, if you are supporting me, thank you. But those that they've given up so much time to support me to get me to that end, I'm so appreciative of that because it does take a lot of time, not just for me, but for people that are out there to help, support, and, and be by you know by my side, as it were. And you know, all the race organisers, you know, the event companies that run these events, the the volunteers and the checkpoints and the people that are, it's just unbelievable. It is one big community that just keeps you going. There is that community in road running for sure, but when you're in kind of ultra marathon territory, you know it's, you know, you just see people in the middle of nowhere. You think, man, how have you got there? And you just see like random walkers with a box of jelly babies going, you know, that again, you know, is so, you just so appreciate it. You become humbled. I've become a lot more humble by it because you appreciate their support and your friends, your family. It's just, yeah, it's just so heartwarming. I did a race earlier this year in Tenerife. It's the first race I've DNF'd. First race I've not finished. Did not finish. First race. And mm. I was like, I knew I had the bigger picture, but I just knew, for, I don't know the reason why, but I just knew I couldn't carry on. Was that down to injury or something else? No idea. I've gone back over it. We just, we don't know. But I was there with my best friend Pete and, you know, but literally that moment he carried on. He was a machine. He was like, I'm off, I'm carrying on. And literally for that moment, it was like, right, I'm on my own here in this forest in Tenerife. I've got some crew. I'm trying to get by in Spanish, which is not great, explaining that. I want him to get me home, <laughs> get me back to the hotel. <laughs> me casa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I struggled with not finishing that race. Mm. Not because I'd not let, I felt I let myself down. When I look back at Tenerife now, I'm using that as a positive expert. I was in the pain cave. I was so in the pain cave. It was unbelievable. What does that feel like? Well, for Tenerife, it was the first time I couldn't get out of the pain cave. For what everything I tried, I physically could not get out of that pain cave. So do you know that in whatever competition race you do, you are going to enter a phase of that race which is going to be really, really hard? Absolutely, yeah. And then, But you know you're going to embrace it you say embrace it and then come out the other end so what does that feel like just generally it depends it could be either from like we talked about you could have stomach issues it could be that your legs are hurting it could be that you need 
food or you need water or it could just be you're in pain you know you've just got to keep on going and once you get there you you kind of manage it my inner brain's called brian (laughs) classic (laughs) classic (laughs) so you know i'll always say right brian bring it on what's next and he'll say right i'm gonna throw this at you i'm gonna make your foot sore or whatever so we have a chat and we might argue we might fall out but at the end of it, we get on well. So is it a physical sensation? Is it a, Does it feel tight in your chest? Is it a, a battle in your brain with Brian, with that conversation? Like, what sort of manifests itself when you're in that situation? It, it could be a, a number of things. More often than not, it's your body creaking. Your body's going, this hurts, this is sore, this hurts. And all your little niggles that you've had over the years, they become a big niggle and then they become a big hurt. So you kind of ask, okay, my hip hurts, thanks. Yeah, I'm aware of that. Oh, you want my back to hurt now, do you? No, well, that's fine. I forgot about it. And then all of a sudden you just start, no, it doesn't hurt. What do you mean? No, then all of a sudden what did hurt <laughs> doesn't. And then you might think, oh, I'm a bit cold. Oh, it started right. So your mind just goes somewhere and I turn my mind to something else. So I might just say, right, okay, where am I going to go on holiday? So I'll just start having positive thoughts in my mind and I'll just start thinking about going on holiday or whatever it could be. I plan great, you know, as I said in the first pod, my greatest moments come when I'm out running. You know, it could be from thinking about an idea at work or it could be where I'm going to go on holiday. It could be, I never think about what I'm going to cook for tea or anything like that, but all those big moments come. So I just focus my mind on it and I'm like, right, okay, you're hurting my body. So what I'm going to think about now is like, yeah, we talked a lot about Race Across Scotland. I was planning Ibiza. I was like, you know, this is really hurting, but I know I'm going to go to High Nightclub. I'm going to see David Guetta. I want to go to DC 10. I want to do this. I'm going to, I just thought about so many positive things. I was in a world of pain. I was, you know, I'm not, I was broken, but I just knew one foot in front of the other. I run a bit, well, run a little bit or a little bit more, but you just put one foot in the other. Just keep moving. Just keep moving. See, that's what I was going to ask you because obviously we are from very different backgrounds like fitness has always been in my life but not to the extent that it's sort of in your in your life so do you feel like your mind is different to mine in terms of what gets you motivated do you feel like you're wired differently anybody could do what i do i've got great determination i've got such a never give up attitude if somebody tells me we can't run through that wall i'll have a go see i think that's where we're different i'll go sweet (laughs) see you later (laughs) you know i'll just go right yeah so i've got that never give up have you always had that yeah from a young age yeah give me an example when i was at school for example i didn't leave you know i left school with education but i knew in life i had to prove myself and be successful anything i do 110 percent into it all the time i never leave any stone unturned because for me, if I'm not good at something or I'm, I'm unsure about something, I'll learn about it and then make it great. I want to be successful in my career. How am I going to do that? What courses do I need to go on? What what do I need to learn? Right, I don't understand this. So I'll just sit and I'll read and read and watch YouTube or whatever. I'll be trying to become an expert in it to be successful with it. So with running, it's like, right, okay. So when I enter a race, I'll sit there for hours and just watch YouTube or, or whatever and just read and just sit there and freeze pain the different terrains or get on google because i didn't embrace school i've learned now i should have probably embraced school a bit more but i realized after that to be successful you've got to put 110 percent in so you apply that to like most 
Absolutely. Most all aspects of your of your life. Pretty much, yeah. If someone's listening in there, they are into running. Um, maybe they've done 10k, they've done a half marathon, pretty successfully done a full marathon. I suppose I mean like they've they've really enjoyed it when they're out there. How do you? What advice would you give to someone who wants to make that leap to sort of ultra running? Like, what would be a good plan of action? I remember my great friend out there who did it with me. We we made the transition from road running. I was told that I shouldn't really carry on road on the roads because you know I, I had two knee operations. We'll talk about that later. Pod. It was like right, I can't run on the road, so I know. Well, let's go and run on trails and woodland paths. And we found I think the first ultra we did. I think it was Selkirk. Remember? Anyway, it was like right. So in my mind, it was like right. I can run a marathon. So what I've got to do is run a few extra i think it was 27 28 i can't remember but it's like all i've got to do is run a few extra miles and we'll be all right how wrong was i because i applied what i did on the road to running there was no manual i couldn't pick a manual and go right this is how you run an ultra marathon i didn't know i just thought well if i adopt the same as on the road i'll be all right so off i went same pace no i quickly learned the lesson about 18 10, i was like i've got another 10 12 miles to go here <laughs> you know it's like what do I do? And I remember finishing there. I could hardly walk. I was like, this is... I couldn't understand in my head why why I couldn't... You know, what, I was like, well, it's only two or three extra miles, but it was the terrain, it was the woodland, it was everything to do with it. It was completely different. The, the hills were bigger. So making that transition, I would say, is if you're going to run from a marathon to an ultra marathon, don't go over the distance too much so maybe look at 30 miles but make sure the terrain is similar to what you've been running on the road and then do some off-road running before you just transition straight from it because yeah we i learned the hard way road marathons and marathons there's loads of information out (laughs) absolutely loads you know and i've you know after a couple of years of ultra i thought right i need to get a coach i need somebody that can actually tell me what i'm doing you know now i've got a different coach who i've had for a number of years who's absolutely fantastic the preparation he does behind the scenes to help me is second to none because again busy lives and making the compromise etc i can't sometimes do that so that takes a massive weight out of my mind so my advice to anybody is if you're transitioning if you can get yourself a coach or join you know like a fell running club if you can so you can glean knowledge you know it's the same from running a park run to running a 10k to running a half marathon you just slowly baby steps as it were keep building up so you don't tweak too much in one go no so maybe stick to the same terrain but build your miles yeah and then when you've got the miles maybe then tweak the terrain yeah and take the terrain more extreme i've run some extreme terrain and i think what am i doing you know la palma transvolcania one of the toughest sky running ultra marathons Running over a live volcano. Over. Sure. I like how nonchalantly you said that. My, my vision is you toppling into a like a lava. But, it's, but it was amazing. I'm like, I've never done anything like that. You know, I'm like, you know, four o'clock in the morning or whatever time, I was setting off running all through this volcanic gravel, just climbing for about 30 miles to the top of Los Manachos in La Palma, at the top of this race. And you're like, this is just unbelievable. And finishing 12, 13 hours later absolutely broken but stood there going that was amazing you completed it yeah we completed it and on those early ultra marathons i've done i've got unfinished business i want to go back there and attack them are you looking for times when i start to look back on the first ultra marathons that's the when i'm going to be chasing the time or chasing what's next because i know i can do better i've learned 
I'm going to have some great holidays. Hardmore's 55. I've done the best time I can do on that, I think. To get into the sub nine hours for 15 by five miles is going to be... That's going to take my training from here right up to the next level to get sub nine hours. I think I was just over nine hours for the Hardmore's 55. That's probably one of the greatest ultras I've done for a long time. Do you have, in terms of like a regular marathon, do you have goals that you want to achieve or is that just a bit of fun for you? I want to break sub three for, oh, okay. for a marathon. How close? Three, I've run more 302s than anything. How close? Two minutes. What are you doing with those two minutes? Uh, do you know, I generally don't know. <laughs> I'm probably trying to find my perfume nappy bags or my, <laughs> or my baby wipes. I don't know what I'm doing with it. I genuinely, I don't I don't know what. Do you think you can shave that off? Yeah, 100%. 100, that, is, that is a goal I want to do. I'd love to run a sub-125 half marathon again. I think the quickest I've done is 122. I'd love to get below 125 again. Can I just say when I did my half, it was two hours 25 which is awesome it's not you're like an hour and a bit but faster it's awesome but the agreement is though we're going to run a half marathon we're not that's not an agreement no no on the first where have you got that agreement from it's on the first pod you said you're going to start running I'm not doing a half marathon <laughs> <laughs> no chance so last week and this is going to become a bit of a thing we're, we're talking about how far have you run this week I, I promised you that I will endeavour to up my game when it comes to running because yeah. You are good at what you do, and I want to see if I can have a slice of that. So, here's what happened. I'm going to play you this. Okay. So, what's happened is... I've I've just got to the um, podcast studio, and I've arrived half an hour earlier. Because what I promised Craig... Sorry, if you can't really hear me. Is that I'd go to the gym and go on the runner but I've been too tired after spin and combat I just hadn't had it in me so before the podcast I promised myself I'd do 10 laps of the car park (laughs) I'm never going to be a runner We record our podcast in the evening. I'm starting to feel a little bit like 1% of what Craig might feel out on a run. I'm in a dark car park on my own. There's not even any floodlights. And I'm bent over. Because that was hard. Guys, I've probably run 500 metres. <laughs> that is brilliant. So just so you took the first bit of advice from the pod, you can run anywhere, anytime. Ah. So you did it. You ran around the car park, you got here and you felt guilty. So that's amazing. Ten laps around the car park, so you've just proven you can run in between meetings and on your way. Oh, you, my goodness. You, is this you, the Craig see, effect? You see, you've just, that's just happened. So you've just turned up. Did you not hear how much I was blowing? <laughs> yeah, no, but oh, so, so... I sounded like a whale. No, no, but you did ten laps around the car park. The car park's not that big. Do you yeah, know what I mean? It's it was not. ten laps around the car park, so that's it's like five hundred meters, Craig. <laughs> but, it's, but, it's a, but it's a start. So you, 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 but you've proven, you've proven the point. You've drove it. You thought, you know what? I need to get my running today. So you've just got out of the car. You've done ten laps around the car park, and you feel great for it. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> like, so you, and we're not denying any of this. Listen, we're I can't, wait, I, 
I wouldn't say I feel great. <laughs> I feel slightly sweaty. I feel buzzing that I made a promise to you and I, I kind of kept my promise. But I feel like I did 500 metres. <laughs> God, that's so embarrassing. And I'm so out of breath. How far have you run? Well, I've run uh, last week, Monday to Sunday's training week. I've just done just under 50 miles. <laughs> I don't mi- even want to work that out. I don't even, like, I got a B in GCSE maths and I don't want to work out how much further you've run than me, but it's a lot. But it depends because I bet 10 laps around the car park was quicker than my training runs. Because I bet you run around a lot quicker. And you've said you feel great. No, I haven't said I feel great. <laughs> I, I, I said I feel happy that I've stuck to my promise to you okay. to dabble in a bit of... <laughs> running. You know, running, sure. So next week, you're going to do 12 times around the car park. <laughs> <laughs> let's just... Let's just, wait. <laughs> let's just wait. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. No, no, no. 15 minutes on the treadmill. All right. Yeah, 15 minutes on the treadmill. I might do a bit of running, a bit of walking. Yeah. Okay, so that's the deal. See, this week... It is embarrassing, though, that is, man. What we need to do is get Pete who's our producer, we need to get him in the gym. Can I let you into a secret? Yeah. So I've known Pete for a long, long time. And do you remember London 2012? Yeah. Um, the torch relay around the country. Yeah. Of which Pete was part of. Brilliant. He was a torch bearer. He kept this quiet. Yeah, he will do. But actually, like back in the day, Pete ran and he ran a lot and he right. was really good. Uh, oh, so like that's never that's never been my past or my present or my future. But for Pete, it's an actual reality. And he's in pretty decent shape, you know. Do you know, do you know what? That's it then. So so we've all gonna have to go for a <laughs> no, run. Wait, no, wait, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, whoa. but there's also something that I think we need to talk about in the next pod is recovery and massages because you also told me that oh. Pete doesn't like a massage. I love a massage. Pete doesn't like being touched. No, he doesn't like being touched, but I love a massage, but I want a massage with candles. I want to go and enjoy it and embrace it. Yeah. So I think next week we need to talk about recovery. recovery. You're going to embrace 12 times around the car park. Sure. We need to get Pete leading us on a run. No! <laughs> no! I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be baby wiping in the car park. That's no, what I'm saying. So, no, no, I mean, so, so it's not my vibe. So we're going to run. For no, I'm not running anywhere. <laughs> Why does every sentence start with, we've, we're, we're going to run? run. <laughs> no, we're not going to run, Craig. You're the running guy. You're the running, you're the but the thing is, is any, we can all we can all run. You've just run no, ten laps. No, we're not all running anywhere. <laughs> You've just run ten laps around right. the car park. I'm, qu- I'm I'm quit. I'm not quitting the podcast. I'm just saying, let's draw this podcast to an end. If you want to get in touch, if you've got a desire to be a runner, an ultra marathon runner, then get in touch with us. The ways you can get in contact are going to be in the show notes. So just have a look on there. That's a great place to finish, everybody. Anna's off to do a twelve I'm laps. Not. I've just done ten laps. She's off to do I've a twelve. Just done I've done my run for today. Yeah, well, Alice off to do the 12 laps around the car park. I'm just oh, off to do it. And we're off to book Pete. I'm going home in my car. I'm not running from Augustine to Nottingham. Stop. And we're off to book Pete in for a massage while, it, that, while, yeah. he's, while he's producing this podcast. But no, listen, I've had a great time. Thank you all for listening. And uh, I can't wait to tune in myself next week. <laughs> to, to listen back to myself. <laughs> yeah, to listen back to myself while Craig, I'm running. End the podcast. End it. <laughs> that was running life and stuff. Right now, Craig's into the next adventure and he'll be back here for the next episode in two weeks. If you enjoyed the conversation, please use your app to follow or subscribe to this show so you don't miss the next one. <laughs>